So, uh, what was this one about? You're going to have to probably, I wasn't really paying attention. I know, it's pretty much normal for you. I'm sorry, there was a lot of really, really sweet apps on my phone right now. And <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Oh, no, yeah, I, I love, I love p- cupping my hands on those sweet, sweet apps. <laughs> Welcome to A Hard Gray's Night. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. Uh, this week, uh, Allie forced me to watch the third episode of the first season of Gray's Anatomy, Winning a Battle, Losing the War, uh, written by Shondalanda Ramalime Rhymes, uh, directed by Tony Goldwyn, who apparently later plays the president on Scandal or some crap. Yeah. I didn't POTUS. Oh, I I P- I P- POTUS. Oh, I feel bad. I didn't I didn't come up with a stupid ass Mick name. A Mick name? Yeah, like Mick Surly or whatever. Oh, Mick President? No. I'm MC Dreamy. Oh, you, you know, yeah, my, yeah. Why don't should we start over? No, no, God, no. It's not worth <laughs> it. Um, really, I don't need to keep this run. I'm gonna run out of things sooner or later. That's true. Know. McCreamy. You said McSurley, you know, twice now. No, I said McSurley once, and then I said McSteamy, and then I, uh, we did a whole thing about soup and McStewie and all this soup. Mm. It's like you don't even. It's like I don't even listen to these to after saying. we're done with them. I or, know. or while we're in the middle of them. That's, po- that's uh, otherwise probable. Otherwise, you too, realize yeah. that we shouldn't even be talking about this horrible show. So anyway, this this week this week's episode uh, originally aired on April tenth, two thousand five, and uh, it's based on uh, the the song is uh, is is by a band called Kings of Convenience. That's the this what the you know as you know as we are going forward, we're gonna rate the songs. Neither of us had actually heard this song before because. I don't listen to a lot of modern folk yeah. um, from the Scandinavian countries. Um, I guess uh, Allie uh, doesn't, I guess, either, although she seems more likely to do that than I would. Yeah, it's um, more in my wheelhouse than and it would what, be what, and what would, So what did you think about this song? So here's my feeling. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was, like, amazing. Um, there is pleasant. What I liked about it is that their harmonies were super tight. They were right on key. They were really good. Um, I get super cranky when you have a song that is supposed to be tight harmonies and they suck. Or they're just a little off. Or their voices don't blend well and I get soups cranky. Yeah. But they were not, it was actually very pleasant. Yeah. yeah, speaking of soups, yeah, I guess they would. They, they blended together in a way that made it an, a nice mediocre bowl of soup for me. I mean, it... it I mean, it was nothing. It was not unpleasant, but it wasn't memorable. Right. Like it. it like I can't. I'm not it had a complete absence now. of hooks, and I suspect. Yeah. I suspect they're a band that probably always has a complete absence of hooks. It's that sort of just calm dreariness that like certain modern folk bands tend to like. Play yeah, but it's in not and, dirgy. It, it no, it's not dirgy. It, it's dreary. Yeah, it's but like, yeah, but yeah, some uplifting. I'm a, no, no, it's. It, I feel like it's. It. The whole song felt like having an awkward. Like romantic relationship conversation on a rainy day. Well, like, that's it's funny just... you say that because my my thinking my feeling about it was it brought me back to interlocking a little bit, and I sort of felt yeah. like it was just over the summer. It's a rainy day. Yeah. You're sitting in felt, a cabin. It just felt and, wet and gray. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, know? it kind of works for Seattle. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying it just. 
I'm just saying, I guess, you know, I I don't like slow, dreary, mediocre music. I mean, again, I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. It's just there was nothing to it. It had no substance to, for me. I just, I, I it, and it was very earnest. Yeah. I, I don't really like earnest music it just that that's not my that's not my wheelhouse i'm fine with serious but there's a line between seriousness and earnestness in music and i feel like this crosses it seriousness i'm completely fine with but this just felt like we are so self-important and you know we're gonna sing about the important issue of a relationship that isn't going that well speaking of crossing lines yeah there were a lot of lines crossed in this episode yeah I, I'm agreeing with you, but you're gonna have to provide examples because I actually don't know what you're talking about. Well, yes, of well, course. They they crossed a line when they. I had a line on my notes between yeah. this section and the actual the, episode. When, uh, I mean, I mean, we'll get into this, but when they when they transfused the patient who they were supposed to just. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they crossed oh, yeah, a line they, by yeah. opening a bathroom door and talking to the attending. Right. They crossed a line when they. Then they unpacked Meredith's crap. Yes, Meredith's they cro- crap, there were a lot of lines crossed. A lot of lines crossed. Yeah, so. So the, basically, the the episode begins with Meredith in bed and her alarm apparently depowered or something because it was flashing like the power was. She off. woke up freaking out. She woke up freaking out, and uh, I mean, I, I learned. I guess she went to Dartmouth. Oh yeah. You know, because I don't. I can't imagine why anyone went on a Dartmouth. Boss. I don't know. I don't know where Dartmouth is. I, I, I went to the College of Charleston. I didn't go to a, like an. Okay, I went to Roosevelt. University. Nobody knows anything from Dartmouth. It's in uh, it's in Hanover, New Hampshire. Okay, so that makes sense. She yeah. was on the East Coast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's an Ivy League college, right, but well, I, yeah, whatever. I think the Boston Ivy League would be Harvard. Yeah. So anyway, so um, so, so she was in Dartmouth. Apparently, just judging myth, by her T-shirt, myth Dart. Um, so, but, yeah, she gets well. <laughs> she gets cranky because, well, she wakes up and Izzy's standing over with a cup of coffee complaining about the fact that she's in the, the smaller the smaller room. room yeah, and George is like, why should you get the larger room? Oh, and, and her monologue at the beginning is more of that dumbass, macho, competitive soldier jock. Soldier. See, you see, that's how much they, they act like it. Surgeon jock bullshit about, you know, like, yeah, everyone's competitive. Everyone's got to get ahead. Everyone's got to stab each other in the neck and drink their blood so that, you know, they can become better surgeons and gain their courage and whatever. Jerk me off twice. You know, it's just... Once isn't enough? No, no. I want I want the second time to just... I want it, I want it to be... I, this, just jerk me off till dust comes out. I just... Oh, it's God, so freaking... God, this stupid show. So, um, so... They uh, so she's walking. one of these days. I'm just gonna go to the wiki and every and just dramatically read the monologues <laughs> for this show. I could do it right now. I'm not gonna, but so uh, so yeah. Meredith. We um, live out our lives on the surgical unit, leaves. seven days a week, fourteen hours a day. We're who, together who more are than you we're impersonating? apart. Uh, just a whiny person. I don't know. So so uh, Meredith is trying to Blippity get her blip, clothes, blah, blah. and she's you know they're complaining to her, and she ends up back. She I understand this. I think deep down Meredith's actually an introvert because there's just a lot going on in our house. I think deep down she's a terrible person. Deep, and she has to kind of Deep like down get she's away. very shallow. So anyway, she gets to work and of course, you know, it's and like... Well, before she gets to work on the way to work, oh yeah, uh, you see Derek uh, talking to Bailey and she's like, I forgot something, blah, 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 blah. And he starts to talk to her and oh God, it was so delightful when she told him to shut up. Yeah, it was kind and of And he's nice like, moment. I'm your boss and she's still like, shut up, I don't yeah. care. Ah, oh, God, I'll just fucking... And then Mc- she saves his take life. Take that, McD-bag. I'm so sick of that turd. And then she saves his Lord. life. I hope somebody T-bones him. <laughs> and then she saves his life. And then and it's the dead because, baby bike race. Yeah, because of the dead baby bike this race. This is the show again. Like, it's let's be edgy i feel like the show is like still trying so edgy in quotes yeah this is the show still trying to play like their edge lords. i will say i've got to give tony our director uh, some high props some high props and here's why 
I thought that part was shot really, really well with the bike race. Yeah. It's really that what it felt chaotic. It felt yeah, scary. Yeah, I guess it, it did, felt yeah. like I felt on edge for everybody who was there. Right. I thought and that was done. It, really it did well. a very good job of presenting what um, pedestrians in the city know already, which is that bike riders, you know, while morally I are better than car drivers, they're just the worst to deal with when you're actually on foot. Scary. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know. Um, so anyway, we, you know, like they're like, okay, we're, we've got the emergency day. Like apparently the, the whole thing is the dead baby bike races. There's supposedly a bar called the dead baby, you know, real extreme, bro. You know, and they, they apparently annually hold an illegal bike race that, you know, like full of like the only rules is no eye gouging. And there's always accidents. And, and I don't know what you and what's, what's You don't. But the, the, that's not even the point. The point is, if this is such a big deal... How has it never come back? Yeah. And also, how has the police not cracked down on it harder? Because it actually results in deaths. Yeah. You know? Like, it's like, okay, you cool grunge people from... I think they can't really crack down on it because it doesn't... They, you know, there's not really a way that they can stop people from riding their bikes. Yeah, I know. But I just feel like this is something that public outcry would probably be. They could. Everyone knows it's that bar that does it. You know there are ways for the police to like basically break the law and harass. This is Seattle, them. John. This is not Chicago. What? You, how corrupt do you think the government is in Seattle? Well, um, is it a government? Supposedly. Yes. Then that—that's how corrupt they are. Mm-hmm. Um, the police are there to preserve disorder, honey. Um, so uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. so anyway, um, they are all in the pit, as they call the emergency, the ER. You know, and the, they're all waiting to. They're all waiting their... to, to like. They're all like like waiting like fucking you know sharks for the first blood in the water to go grab their shit. I'm, I'm going to mix like nine metaphors yeah, eventually like on it. this. Um, so Izzy and, uh, 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 Yang get, uh, assigned to a guy who actually is a bystander that happened to, uh, get clipped, like a car that dodged out of the way, out of the way of a bike accidentally hit him. And he's apparently brain dead. And they're, they're, they're told they have to wait six hours until, you know, they can legally pronounce, so that him. Legally pronounce him dead to see, you know, like, but he's essentially dead, yep. you know, like there's, there's really no hope for him. And, uh. And Izzy, you know, like Derek's like, uh, you know, uh, six hours you declare. She's like, what does that mean? And they, there's this incredibly stupid, it's like the stupidest exposition dialogue to get people to know what they're like people are talking about. Because there's no way someone who grad, just graduated medical school wouldn't know what declare means and wouldn't know intellectually what's going on in this circumstance. I didn't go to med school and I knew that watching yeah. this. This is designed for stupid viewers to be like, to make them feel like, oh, I get it. You know, like there's, it's, it's like, it's dialogue that no one would ever say in real life except for exposition. And I hate that kind of dialogue. I do feel I like, hate it. I do feel like it gets better as the I know, but it, it, it makes it look like Izzy went to a community college. Mm-hmm. Like how the hell does she not know what declaring dead is? And her entire like, you know, like uh, he could still live thing. It's like, that's not something that someone who's gone through like four plus years of medical school is going to really like there. I don't think they're going to have that level of like with with an obvious lost cause brain death. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't think they're going to be that, like, it could happen. Miracles happen. You know, it's like, yeah, they do happen, but they almost never do, and you can't live your life, like, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. And, and, like, the whole game, again, the whole thing was set up so that then Derek can explain the procedure. Yeah. You know, they made they made Izzy much dumber than she should be. You know? I mean, she's supposed to be the wide-eyed, naive, optimistic one. I, I get that's her character, but they made her stupid. 
And they, there's a difference between stupid and naive. Mm-hmm. And like they play, like it's just stupid. She, it's like she doesn't understand the medicine that she's just graduated with a degree in. Mm-hmm. And that, that it's it's just it's a bothersome thing. It's it's it's. Tell us how you feel. Yeah. Oh, I hate when people do that. I hate that. Tell me how you really feel. Whatever. You know how I feel. I just told you. <laughs> I feel like Crazy Anatomy is a torture, and you're you're trying to kill me slowly. <laughs> That's how I feel. And then we got this stupid limey biker. Uh, his name is Viper. Yes. Well, no, I thought maybe you'd jump Oh, around. oh, am I supposed to speak now? Um, yeah. And Viper, oh, yeah, because this is my podcast. So Viper, Viper's actually, um, he's super charming. Ugh, he's super irritating. He has... Wh- You're mistaking like- an accent for charm. <laughs> Look... I am cool with you having your opinion, but you're not going to tell me not to have mine. I'm not telling you not to have it. Yes, I'm just telling you it's you wrong. What? So Viper is super charming, <laughs> and he shows up uh, in the in the uh, ER with um looks like spikes coming out of. I don't know if it's part of a chain. It looks fence like spokes. Or I thought yeah, maybe it was well, the maybe spokes, spokes of a bike. Oh, that's a good call. It's probably spokes on bike. So Alex and and Meredith, and Alex is still in inept asshole mode. Uh, Alex and Meredith see this dude and Meredith goes after him and Alex is like, no, it's on first. And then they have this like fight about who's going to, you know, treat him. And Alex says, it's a superficial wound. You know what I mean? You can, you can sew him up if you want. And he like basically treats her like she doesn't have any authority and pulls. And she's like, well, we have to get a, she was about to say like tests and x-rays and whatever. And Alex stupidly just yanks out the spokes and says, sew him up to, to Meredith. And Meredith's like, I'm not happy about this. I really just want to do a and, CT and the guy, scan. And the guy's like, oh, I want to go out and do my bike race. Okay, that is so not the accent. I know, I'm just making fun of him. Wow. I'm making fun of him. I want to so, go out and do my bike race. So he, um, so she sews him up, you know, and she tells him he's Spot going out a, he's going out AMA <laughs> against medical advice for those yeah. of you who don't ask me it. anything on reddit that's what he's going out to do a reddit ama um and he uh, and she you know and then he makes some sort of gesture American about like marsupial how he thinks that she's, she's you know pretty and that he should come yeah it's, it's not exactly it's tracy like a, and hepburn but they they they, they, they they it's shot like this is witty banter in a romantic yeah. comedy and then he kisses her like randomly and, and says and says that was for luck and then he leaves and um, but who's luck but Derek sees it and kind of makes a comment, and there's witty banter between them. And I say witty in quotes because this is witty. where Meredith accuses Derek of "you're just into into, the, into me for the chase,", the chase. you know, not the, the chase result. like the bike race, the chase, the, ch- the chase like the movie with Charlie Sheen. So they, uh, so you know, they have a whole to do about that. In the meantime, oh George is uh, George is oh, working George is um, working for the chief. As it, and he, he thinks it's he, he's going to get help with like everyone volunteered to be the chief's yeah. assistant for the day and George thinks oh yeah I'm going to get do a bunch of surgeries but it turns out it's like watch what it is is it, like gotta, well not watch it's all of his patients yeah. but he has to go around and like he's like basically just checking in on the patients he's not doing any like surgery stuff because right. the chief's booked in the surgery in the right. operating room so he's just checking in on and the, so doing uh, round, rounding on the patients basically yeah um and he meets one patient who's um the chief's known him for yeah. years Lloyd Mackey him, yeah. is his name he's been treating him for years. Years and he he's an end stage liver cancer and uh, or liver yeah, yeah liver and he's cancer. played by Keith David and he's lovely and um, he does a great uh, and he job flirts with it, yeah. George and makes George crazy thinking like oh he thinks I'm gay everybody thinks I'm gay and like blah 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 which is like yeah I mean, like it's hilarious it's, it's kind of funny TR considering Tr Knight actually gay, is gay but um, um, I don't know I don't know if Keith David is but Tr Knight is definitely uh, you know 
Definitely. So it was just an, it was an yeah. interesting. As any Grey's Anatomy uh, fan from behind the scenes apparently knows, because yeah. you know we've got a. In the future, we're going to have a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah, we will. <laughs> you know. So, um, um, so essentially, he's you know dealing with that, and yeah, the first time you see him, he's smoking in the. Uh, yeah, did you say he that he's smoking in the room, and George like freaks, freaks out. out. And he's like, "What? I, you know, it's okay. I'm already, I'm already dying. It's yeah. like the hospital. You can't. It's like, come yeah. on, George, let the man smoke. It's just a hospital. But not in the I'm hospital. Just kidding. Are you crazy? Actually, you don't smoke in a hospital not just because it's bad for you. But because there are oxygen, oxygen tanks. tanks, Jesus Christ! I mean, I know George is like everyone knows it's bad for your health. I mean, the thing you the thing you want to say to a smoker, other than because every smoker knows it's bad for your health. I used to be a smoker. I knew I knew I was doing something bad. Is you you, you say you're going to die of an explosion, not yeah. of cancer, and if you're you going to explode this whole hospital, and yeah, other people exactly. are going to die too. You know, so I, that's that, and then. Um, and at some point, at some point, like Meredith goes, that like they they discover, like basically they figure out that uh, the John Doe that uh, was hit by the car, you know, who's brain dead, they realize he's a viable, he could be a viable organ donor. Right. So so so, they, so Yang and and Izzy go to uh, Bailey to ask if they find the the family, can they harvest the organs? And she says, well, yes, but you have to find the family. And they, I don't know, from a key card of the hotel yeah, or they whatever find, yeah, they use a, they, at, Yeah, they have a hotel key card. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's like, Izzy's doing, it's like, I don't know if they're trying to make her like a bargain basement Sherlock Holmes or something, but she's like, look, these shoes are new. His clothes have been stitched up. Yeah. He has a hotel key card. He belongs to somebody. Like, he's yeah. a damn schnauzer that they found. <laughs> Well, they could have microchipped he, Like, him. he belongs to, like, he's not just a stray human who, who yeah. wandered it. You know, like, of course he belongs to someone. He's just, he's a normal, he's a person. Yeah. Of course there are people so, he knows because he's, because he's like, it, it, like, he's a person who's nicely dressed, who's obviously not, like, a homeless vagrant that has no friends or family. Yes, of course. It's like, it's like that's not, like, that's not, like, a an amazing observation, is he? So, so you know? she, uh... So she finds the family. It's a wife, and they have a, like a daughter, and that's yeah. Just... Well, like they're, they're not they're not quite we're not quite uh, that yeah. far in yet. But like they go to George, and at one point George like is like handing a three and a half inch floppy, which was an interesting yeah. bit of like blast from the past because in two thousand five, I'm pretty sure floppies then were gone. People yeah. were CD ROM. It was really weird. You know, it's like who's still like a hospital? That that hospital needs to update. And they do because by, the, by by now they've got like these giant, State massive, the like, like four foot wide iPads that everyone works with, and you know, but, like, super um, like like you know like the like that level of like though that, that you've crossed the line now where it's unbelievable tech. But yeah. so they're ta- so but they're they're with um yeah the wife of John Doe yeah yeah oh. Oh, and they cut from a skyline to a skyline somewhere around here too. Like, oh, do they? Yeah, like seriously, like it, it shows like the skyline with like all the all the you know like it's like the you know when they do that they I I don't know if they still do this I I but like I know they did a lot in the early episodes where they'd cut in between scenes they'd show Seattle at great speed yeah like a super hyper sped up of the traffic it fades out from the Seattle skyline of that to sort of just a regular old Seattle skyline not in quite the same place. As a second establishing shot inside that establishing shot, so I guess we know now it's still in Seattle that they haven't moved to a different hospital somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's the stupidest frigging like you want to talk well good direction that was not a good moment. <laughs> Fine, but um, so so yeah, the wife of John Doe shows up and mm-hmm. she's fairly whiny. Yeah, and, uh, it's like I know I know we're supposed to feel sympathy for her because her husband just died, but I can't get over the fact the actress is just she's so, not great. Oh my god, is he here? You know, it's like. It, it, Put a little gravitas on on playing a woman who's lost her husband. I'm not mad at the character. I'm mad at the actress here. Yeah, okay. Like, just show show some goddamn gravitas. So, um, so then uh, of course they start uh, coming up with the the plot that in order to get um, this harvest done, 
Oh no, he starts to die. He he's given six hours and he yeah. his heart stops and he and they can't. Oh, do anything. actually, this happens before the wife yeah. shows up. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. He, he his heart's like he's got a tear in his aorta yeah. or something. And they basically they give him blood that he they shouldn't they be, be giving him, right. and, and they try to go. They go to Burke and be like, you know, can you help us? And they go in the men's room. Yeah, that's when they open the door to the men's room. And and Burke's like, Whoa, no, dude. I'm not freaking doing this. And he actually, this was the one thing I wrote down, which I thought was kind of great. His line was, either whip one, whip one out, or close the door. Which is you know, which is actually really weirdly recontextualized lately with all the, the bathroom yeah, panic yeah, that's, that's going true. on in our country. But, um, but, um, so, but so yeah. he won't do it. So they say that in order to and, get... And they're like, yeah, well, we got to figure out how to like go... And like, well, can we go over his head? Yeah. We get, like, he's like... Because George discovers, wait, you, this guy has a healthy liver? Yeah. And what's his blood type? You know, O negative. And he's like... So it turns out this liver is the right size and blood type for for for, uh, for, for Mackie. Mackie. So, uh, you know, he's... So basically, somebody tells them to go over the, to go over his head and go to the chief. I think it was oh, well, Derek. Derek, Derek yeah. tells Meredith. Uh, yeah, like, which is really funny because this is one of those they're not really consistent in this show in the early days about whether Derek's on their side or not. Yeah, like you know, like. Like basically, they've gone. They they're already going over Bailey's head to go to, to go to Burke. Yeah. I don't know why they're so worried about going over Burke's head to go to the chief at Truth. this point. So they go know. to the chief and they tell the chief that they might have found a liver for him because it's the right blood type, it's the right everything, it's the right mm-hmm. size. And the chief um, actually kind of, I guess, orders Burke to make it happen so that he report pairs yeah. the order so they can yeah. they can save the and because and because uh, Alex like basically was standing around like he like. You know, like Alex was the only one that didn't like walk away ashamed whenever Burke gave them the the look. You know, Alex is like, "Oh, oh, Mister Burke, Mister Burke, over here." Dr. You know, Doctor Burke, over here. Pay attention to me. Yeah, you know, he has a very whiny whiny tone when he goes after. You know, so he goes, and so he gets, he gets to do to the, open the open heart, heart surgery, surgery. You know, and you know, everyone's like that asshole, and yeah, it's like, and, well, and to be honest, he's an face. asshole. But at the same time, it's like, well, you guys uh, didn't didn't own up. You know, right, like right. so he he took what he could take, and that's the whole premise of of this rock star surgeon so, culture that you guys are so apparently proud of. So then, um, so he goes out and he mocks Meredith. And he's like, you know, smell this; it's the smell of open heart surgery. So then which they, is gross. so then the wife shows up, and they tell her that you know, they, she's like, is there any hope? And they say, well, we can wait until morning, but by then, you know, we really yeah. have to make a decision. And right, so they and, do, and they they decide to harvest the organs. Right, and oh, but but when they do that, also like Meredith gets in his face and threatens, like kind of is like is going to beat the shit out of him. And then you're talking about. Alex. Alex, yeah, because you interrupted. I wasn't finished with that that section. I was going backwards to to talk about that because uh, you know, like it's it's a chain of events with Meredith in like my Meredith is terrible sequence. They 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 give her a little justification for being kind of terrible in this episode, but she's also kind of terrible anyway. You know, she goes after him and starts like getting in his face, like because she's been baited. Uh, you know, and Derek stops her, and then she has a whole like thing with it where they they exchange meaningful glances for like what like forty or fifty minutes straight. And you, you get, um, I, it's probably not the first appearance of it, but it's the first time I've noted on the podcast the Derek sad puppy dog look that he gives where he's just, because he's got those naturally droopy eyes. He just sits and looks sad. And like, I that I guess that counts for like meaningful glances because I, I swear to God, it's 100% Patrick Dempsey just making a vacuous expression on his face and coasting on the luck of his, his face when vacuous looks like a sad puppy. You know, so um, and then Meredith goes home and yells at her roommates and uh, they try to like, you know, make peace with her. You know, like George is like, I ordered Chinese food and she's like, I hate Chinese food. And that's like, once again, who hates Chinese food? I'll tell you who. Terrible people. Meredith is terrible. 
you know, and then immediately, then the reason I'm going is this chains into another scene where she's talking with her enabler, Yang, you know, and we get the first appearance uh, of my least, my least favorite Grey's Anatomy running thing. It's not actually fully said this way. Later it will be, later it will be, later it will be a little more in focus, but it is the, the dark and twisty. We get the first appearance of Dark and Twisty, only it's dark and twisted because they haven't decided to make it really cutesy. So it's not quite as bad, you know. And um, basically, now we're at the point where we're talking to the, we're talking to the wife. Well, I already said that part. So okay. Well, then did you point out that uh, while we're talking to the wife, our our old friend Eagle Print shows up, but he's in like a weird multicolored version that I I don't remember ever seeing any other time. It's not an eagle, is it? Or a hawk, eagle, bird. I've been calling it the swan duck. Swan. Oh no, it's a swan duck thing. Yeah. What am I talking about? Like I don't know. It's it's stylized, but yeah, it's probably a, it's more yeah it's more of a duck thing. But you see, yeah, you see that. Um, I was you know what my brain started misremembering it. Instead of looking like the duck, because it's all that like tribally thing, it started remembering it like the Seattle Seahawks logo. Yeah, it's not that. No, it's not. I, I just realized that. But this one's like a one that's had like brownish and yellowish colors all over it, which I like. It's like harvest corn colored, and I've never seen that one. I don't remember that one ever being. So it's like they've got a special duck print this time around. Yep, they didn't want to use the same one. Yeah, you don't until want, it comes back. Until 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 they gave up and just started throwing started the exact same, the one same one everywhere. Yep. So yeah, so then they um, they finally realize they have to harvest the organs, and Yang has to talk to the wife and the daughter, and she's asking about all the pieces oh. of him, and this is just awful. And it, it's it's fairly awkward, and like and I will say this, Yang. Anyway, so. I will say this, Yang isn't good with people, so she doesn't ask the questions very well. But the wife really kind of loses her shit in a way that I have to say, I know you're grieving, but like. I don't think Yang was that bad about at the way she asked. She was just I going do. down the well. She asked it too directly, but she's going down the list and and you know like, and the wife just loses her mind. Like, well, how are we going to see? Her? We're going to you know like how's he going to look at her funeral? Because she asked about donating skin, you know, and she's like, it can save graft victims or whatever. And she's like, well, what about like my you telling my daughter she's going to have have to look at a skinless thing in the casket? And it's like, well, one obviously if you're going to donate the skin, it's going to be a closed casket. Mm-hmm. That's duh. Two, you can say no. You can you can just say no. I really want to have an open casket. You know, I think I think I mean I think Yang did a terrible job with this. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like there's a middle ground between you know, I'd rather not do that and you know. And she so, also yeah. hasn't lost her shit yet, and she just lost her husband. Yeah, but, they, but I will say this: the actress doesn't deliver it in a way that sounds it sounds more annoyed than grieving. Okay, it said she sounds angrily confused, not grieving, sad, confused, angry. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, like it's more like she. It's like, what? How would I do this? What's the logistic? It was almost like she was worried about the logistics of how she would have a funeral with that, right. as opposed to, you know, this is my husband, you heartless monster. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like, and I, you know, I'm not going to blame the actress actually on this. I feel like maybe the script could have had just even one half of a line, mm-hmm. like a clause in a sentence where, she, like, like before Bailey has to remind her she's a human being. He's yeah. a human. Being. He's a human being. I did like the moment that Bailey asked her and said, you know, what's his name? And she said, what? And she, she said, what's his name? And Yang knew his name, but it was like, there was like yeah. this disconnect. Like, why Why does that matter? And then she says yeah. his name. I thought that was actually well done because. Right. Well, yeah, it's like Alex would never have learned his name. Right. Yang would know his name because Yang is. Thorough. 
she's thorough, but she's also she's also like yeah, she's really smart and she's going to remember things. So yeah. she's going to know his name, but it's going to be completely immaterial to her. Right. It's just one. Piece you know. Of so I think I think it was good character work that she did know it. Yes. You know, if it had been Alex Karev, he wouldn't have known it. Yeah, he would not have known. No, he wouldn't. He mm-hmm. wouldn't even like. Who cares? Yeah. You know. What he's he's corpse guy, yeah. You know, or whatever nickname he would come up with, um, you know. So, so anyway, they you know like basically Yang has been chastened, yeah, and she gets sent back in to fix the you know whatever, and then uh, and so then uh, then they what happens next? They Viper go, shows Viper up shows again, back and up like and like yeah, and he's yeah. just sitting there, and and she's like, Alex, what's going on? Why is he back here? He's like, I don't know. He got in another bike accident. Who cares? It's not important. And then, like, she goes over to be like, "Why are you? You know, why are you back?" And then, like, Viper like basically collapses vomits with blood. vomits blood. And then she pulls up his shirt, and there's like one of the first real gross of like injury effects I think we've seen on the show. Like, he's got like a it really infected, like swollen, like I guess it's abscessing or something. I'm not really sure what you know. I'm not a hundred percent sure what. It just looked gross. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like there was something bubble. Like it looked like really swollen and like bubbled up and like there's an alien coming through it yeah yeah kind of it actually kind of did look like maybe one of the chest uh you know bursters which is was gonna like pop yeah, out of him like gross. he was gonna john hurt his way to the floor and just yeah, be like it was pretty, it was pretty darn, pretty you darn know gross. and so i was waiting for like it to pop out and start going to hello my and, baby, then, and then hello, so my and, and, then, and so then we get uh oh, thanks oh i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't mean to interrupt my I, uh, hello my baby hello yeah. my honey Hello, my ragtime guy. What is that? That's from. It's the parody in. Is that in Spaceballs? No, that's in. Uh, well, that is that is in Spaceballs. Yeah. That yeah, that where they're. But it's alien. ripping off. But it's parodying alien, alien through one froggy yes. evening. The the old uh, Warner, Brothers Warner Brothers cartoon, cartoon. directed by Chuck Jones. Um, but and now uh, we're in a wheelhouse. Anyway, yeah, so back where I care. Things I care about. We're yeah. back on the Jones cast. So um, and then, yeah. So uh, and we get. Uh, is this the first time someone rides a stretcher? Uh yeah. You I know, think so. yeah, and but she's not doing CPR. Usually, when they ride a stretcher, yeah. they're no, doing she's CPR. Just she's just the holding wound. the wound together, yeah. and she makes Alex push her in, and then like Bailey basically says, "Okay, Meredith, scrub in. Alex, you get back on the floor." And, yeah. and Alex looks, but I, I help too, and she, and she just chews him out, and it's like, oh, back to oh, delay. two Baileys in one episode. She called she she shut Derek up for no reason because she because she, she didn't want to hear him talk while she was thinking, and then she yells at Alex for being an idiot. Yeah, it was it was she, delightful. She basically said that she hears that Alex has been only taking the patient that are surgical and he's not helping all the other stuff and he's trying to be a hot shot and she's like no not on my watch and she sends him back down it's, so it's now it's like it. they're starting all the operations yes. we, you know and we, we get to that point that um it's it's kind of it's 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 a fairly common third act tradition in Grey's anatomy which is the it's the earnest corporate indie in quotes rock playing over a surgery montage yes. you know just this soulless shitty you know like mediocre music going well everyone surgeries eyes is up everything and surgery eyes is eyes is hey, up you know everything. whatever you gotta do you know and they they start taking the uh you know they take the body apart you know and they and there's people waiting with coolers to like distribute you know you get a you get all these different scenes of like the like the organs are coming out meanwhile you get george almost, like i swear to god it looked like george is gonna drop right. that liver we kept saying that we're like oh, like, oh, oh no, it's gonna get it's all fuzzy stage, oh, we're gonna have to oh hose it off hose that sucker off <laughs> hose it off uh you know and basically they just slide the liver right into his body like it almost looked like they were putting a lego in like and i was like is that playoff <laughs> transplants are they, are they like is there like a little like like a like a three pin adapter that you just clink it just like clicks right in is, is that how it works uh, but um, and eventually you get like that you you hear the uh, the EKG uh, life support whatever thing uh, for for the donor Kevin the John Doe donor uh, you hear it go beep, 
beep as Burt yeah, pulls out lines. the heart. Yeah. He flatlines, which is, as uh, you know, a little bit of trivia, that is bad medical factuality. I know they did it for effect. Like, we've, he's dying as piece by piece of him comes out and the last piece is his heart. In in actuality, the heart and lungs are, like, two of, two of the first, or, like, the quickest organs to degrade if they're not, like, immediately, like, got on ice and sent off to do. So that the heart and lungs would have come out first. Uh, but they do it last because that's, you know, that's how Grey's rolls. you got to go for the dramatic tension of that, you know. I don't think they would do it in later seasons. I keep defending the later seasons because I really do think they get medically better. They probably do get medically better. But I, you know, like from, from all accounts, from any time I hear, like I'm not a doctor. I don't know a lot of medical facts. No, he just listens to Sawbones. So he feels yeah. like he knows a lot. Uh, right. Um, but the, the uh, this is weird. This is like the second of our, of the, of the Bickerson family of podcast episodes that we've recorded in like the, this week that we've referenced Sawbones. Uh, oh yeah? Uh, yeah. Did we reference it, it on MMIS? Yes. Uh, but, oh. but that MMIS episode won't air for another like couple of weeks. This, <laughs> this one will probably come out before that. Yeah. Um, but, um, cause this actually, this podcast has a quicker, quicker release schedule cause they're shorter episodes and you know, easier to like bang out. Um, but um, so, so basically, you know, Keith David's character survives, and um, the the donor guy dies, and Izzy stitches him back up so he'll be good looking pretty for, for the, the for the. Wow, I didn't want to go with pretty. Thing. Well, you you're know, so crass, Yang. I wasn't saying like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm defensive. I'm angry. Oh, John, you say awful things, and that somehow hurts my feelings. Wait, <laughs> wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> Any hoodle. Um, you know, so, so then we have, um, like, uh, bop, bop, bop. I, I have forgotten Yang's name six times in this podcast. Christina Yang. Yang and, uh, and, and Izzy, uh, uh, go, Stevens, go to, uh, to tell the family. And Yang, of course, holds back and it's like, you go. Yeah, you tell. You know, because in this case, Yang is like, you know, she's a Viking when it comes to, uh, like heartlessly tearing bodies apart, uh, behind the scenes, but she can't talk to the families. And so Izzy goes and talks, and that's, like, obviously much more of her strong point, you know. And, like, they they go to sadly look, you know. you know, And, and, I, and again, as you pointed out, it's like, there's probably no way a hospital's going to send two interns out to say, here, come look at the body. And like, it's like how they never, is there they never see no that. one else with the wife? Yeah. Like, she, it's like she didn't call a friend, a sister, yeah, a like best, nobody anybody. Should. Oh, no, I'll tell you why. They were in a hotel. They were obviously visiting Seattle. Oh. Yeah, that would Okay, that, that well, actually, then that doesn't bother yeah, me as like, much. Right, yeah, no. But they're totally alone. They're totally alone. They're not even, there's not even like someone like, there's not even like someone from like the cha- one of the chaplains or some, there's not anyone. There's nobody with them. No one in the hospital is with them, you know. And then, like, you know, and then like right after that, we're trained into like Bailey and Meredith are going to uh, tell, uh, you know, Vipers, Vipers for his, And all, they're all extreme. And the funny thing is this episode came out in 2005. These guys are so 90s stereotypes. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I know it's Seattle, but like, like they're like, like she calls them grungy and whatever. And it's like, Bailey's not that old. She's not going to be that out of touch that like grunge was like a dozen years before this episode aired, you know, like. At, I think she's using it as just a term. Yeah, but it's like, it's so like, like, but these guys all have like, like white, a white guy with dreads and like, you know, like they're all like the tattooed and pierced up. Like it's, it's very it's very 90s extreme culture looking and it's it's i think it's i think it's a case of oops we're a little out of touch here at Grey's anatomy because we don't actually know any teenagers you know or 20 somethings you know at this point um you know so 
she chews them out, like gives them a get off my lawn speech. Now, normally I'm I'm not on the side of the get off my lawn people, but I always like Bailey chewing anyone out. You know, and these people really are like endangering lots of other lives for their incredibly stupid, pointless, grungy. And, and let's hipster just be honest, race. it's now number three for Bailey. Yeah. Now apparently Bailey in one kinda, episode. Yeah. yeah. And Bailey kind of yes, Bailey kind of crosses the line a little bit too far because she gets really upset. Yeah, she's and, like yeah, because basically they ask if he's and, okay, and, yeah. and she basically explains that anyone who would want to do what you what you grungy teens are doing is not okay. Yeah. And like Meredith kind of pulls her off and steers her away and, and tells them and, that and, he's oh, she's live. just very tired, yeah. but he's gonna live and then we have a you know like a meredith and um and the and the the derrick meredith and the derrick merrick merrick john merrick all john merrick the elephant man yeah um so um Meredith, but but they have one of their they have another meaningful like glance off and discussion where he's like it's not just the chase it's because your hair smells good you know like open heart surgery or some shit I don't know um, and uh, it's a total will they won't they will he get t boned in season eleven won't he no season ten he gets t boned in ten uh, you know. I just, I, just in case anyone, you know, like forgot that Derek gets totally T-boned, um, you know, so Meredith then begins the end of her monologue where she totally contradicts the beginning of her monologue by saying there's a fifth way because there are four rules of competition to learn. And the fifth thing is, I don't know, the fifth element is love, I guess, <laughs> you know, like she, like the, like apparently like she tries to belie all the dumb jock surgeon stuff she says about by saying like there's, it's not really a competition or what. Whatever. It's all about your friends and family. And she sees Viper and his grungy friends all smiling and happy. And she gives him one of her blank, dead-eyed cat smiles. Ugh, she, her smile is wrong. It's wrong on a fundamental level. Every time I see her smile, like, it, it's just, I, I, it's like, it's the smile. It's a Cheshire cat smile. It's not a oh human God. smile. No, it's not. She's so not she human. gets home, and of course, they're all watching the surgery. Oh, 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 wait, oh, and she also says, the life you save may be your own at the end of that, which, you know, is an old PSA. But also, it like I, all I could think is, you could have almost, you could have turned it to the love you say may, save may be your own and actually named the episode after a great Jackson 5 song instead of a mediocre Norwegian folk boredom, like, excursion. So she gets home, and of course, they're watching one of... Uh, her mom's uh, old surgeries on a VHS tape. Well, of course, that's uh, what you, they had. Well, yeah, because that's they what were they had. Yeah, because and, surgeries were in the eighties and nineties. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So, and of course, that's what they had. And so she's they're watching that, and they blame it on Christina that Christina yeah. talked them into. Well, George it. does. George yeah. does. And but they're like, and they're like, oh, we're gonna watch the one where she. It's the one where your mom takes this dude's face off, and then they're like, ew, and you know, and it's like obviously. So for the second consecutive episode. It ends with Meredith learning the value of friendship. A lesson which she's probably going to forget another 200 times. Well, yeah. You know, throughout the early seasons. It's like she, it's like, I feel like, like every other episode in the first few seasons is Meredith learning that she's got a new family of people that she needs to learn how to trust. And it's like, it seems like she learns that lesson and then she forgets it the next episode. Well, that's who she is. Which I guess is more realistic to life than I'd care to admit. Yeah. You know, because I never learn when to shut up with you when you're staring at me like you hate me. Oh, look at her. Look at her hating me. Oh, well, wait. You have to subscribe to our video version of the podcast <laughs> to get that. So that so is the third much, uh, episode yeah. of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Stop the love you save may be your own. And, um, <laughs> nice. and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. We, uh, we are a hard Grey's night. We are a podcast about Grey's Anatomy, as you probably know, having just listened to us for you like a half hour. You can find us at hard, well, hardgraysnight.com. Hardgraysnight.com should be up at this point. We 
we are actually working on constructing the site now, but we're recording it about a week before this one should launch, so yeah. it should should be up. Yeah. We are on iTunes now. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to transfer the RSS feed to the new site. So hit a subscribe button. Subscribe for us. Uh, rate and review us, because Allie really wants this to take off so she can force me to do it for all of eternity. It's or- kind of my joy hearing yeah, him it, miserable. I, yeah, yeah, so so help I her make me I don't get a happy. lot in the six years of marriage, well, except to make him me. miserable. <laughs> you know, watching Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, you know, it's basically that's we're we're only staying together for the podcast, I mean, folks. So if you want to save seriously. our stop, the love you save may be our own rate and review. <laughs> and uh, so we and you can you know and we also uh, we do a much better podcast oh, about God. much cooler things. It is uh, cool. I will I will give you that. Uh, a, cool a match made in space, which is at matchmadeinspace. I mean, uh, it's at, well, it's located at matchmadeinspace.com. Um, and and also on iTunes. Uh, listen to that, rate and review that. That's a good one too. Yeah. Um, and um, what else? Oh, oh, oh you well, can find Twitter, us on Twitter. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we can you can find this show on Twitter at Hard Gray's Night, and you can find our other one at at MMIS Podcast. Uh, you can find uh, Allie here at Allie underscore Goodman, and that Allie is spelled A L I. All right, and that Goodman is spelled exactly like Steve Goodman, the writer of. And Go you can Cubs find. Mick annoyed over here at um at Hitler Puncher. Hitler Puncher. On Twitter. On Twitter. All right, guys. Thank you um, so much. Hey, we probably at some point soon we might have a Facebook group already because Allie keeps saying she's gonna start a Facebook, Facebook group. Page. Facebook page, that's what I meant. Uh, whatever. Uh, I'm throwing Allie's hat over the fence on that, so she has to do it. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'll say, No, we definitely have it. Oh, we definitely have it. It's up. You should go. <laughs> um, and we'll probably and we, we also have one for Match Made in Space that she's gonna totally start. Yep. Um, and uh, I guess that's it. Uh, we're trying to do these weekly every Thursday, uh, you know, before Grey's Anatomy. So if like you you can listen to this uh you know and be like oh remember how terrible Grey's Anatomy used to be let's see how terrible it is now and then you can watch terrible now Grey's Anatomy <laughs> kind of get you pumped for get hating pumped. on Grey's Anatomy get you pumped for TGIT and Shonda uh, Land all right thank you for uh listening and this oh, is- oh Meredith Grey is the Cheshire Cat of Shonda Land <laughs> oh my god and this is uh, uh Hard Grey's Night signing off kiss off kiss <laughs> off